Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the E-Wang Bang Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, and we're here to talk some GSW Great Time Out 1997 status Golden State Warriors basketball where every win was a miracle. Now, I can't talk GSW hoops without my good friend, the Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? We ready to get the thunder out of retirement you know yeah. that that's exactly what i was thinking thunder was probably the dopest mascot ever because <laughs> he actually did shit too he'd break dance he'd oh. uh it, he'd do the um the the trampoline dunk line like, he, he's a super versatile mascot and i remember i remember there was one thing that he did um and it was, it was actually at a game that i went to where he stood on the ladder that was the height of the backboard um he backflipped off the ladder dunked it and then landed into some uh some mattresses or something but it was one of the craziest things i'd ever seen out of a out of a mascot and it, it's a shame that oklahoma city took our mascot's namesake because now what who who's our mascot joe lacob joe lacob what the <laughs> cheering joe lacob i i <laughs> The Warriors don't have a mascot, and there's no culturally appropriate mascot for uh, for the Warriors. So uh, we're we're kind of in we're kind of in a halftime entertainment limbo right now, which I think the Warriors are going to have to work on because this is going to be a long season. Hey, look, we did get a couple of uh, good W's, so it's not you, all you mean hope two? is lost. <laughs> Yeah, you, well, you you mean the two uh, our two and six records is uh... we beat the Blazers, all right? Anytime anything anybody has anything to say about how how Blazers are going to be sneaky good or whatever, then <laughs> the response will always will always be, well, you just lost to seven million dollars worth of contracts on GSW. So. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We'll we'll get to how the Warriors got to this uh, got to this point, but. Hey, the, the the season's uh, eight games fresh. The Warriors sit at a paltry two and six. Uh, much credit to terrible basketball played early on, uh, including two blowout losses to the Clippers and the Oklahoma City Thunder, followed by a win in uh, New Orleans, uh, and then followed by a loss at home against a very, very good Phoenix Suns team of which unfortunately we lost Steph Curry to a broken left hand. So we'll start the podcast there because you and I were talking about this. This broken left hand thing might be a almost a blessing in disguise for this organization, right? Oh, definitely. Like as of right now, this is very much looking to be the case because I mean, I think also given the slow start that Steph got off to, there is no doubt that he would most likely play better um, later on in the season. I mean, he just was shooting terribly, and you know he's missed some a lot, like a lot of open shots the first couple of games. So it was like, you know, I think something that we would expect him to revert to the mean, but ultimately, you know, that's not. We realized pretty early that's not going to be enough, you know, for us to make any sort of playoff run. And anytime where you're going to be in the middle, like if you're not going to be a solid like playoff team or even like a 7-8 team right and it's like if you're just gonna miss the playoffs and be a 9-10 seed you might as well just go all the way down 
there's no point in being a 9-10 to 10 seed in the West. Like, that doesn't get you anywhere. So hopefully we can get to a, you know, top five, bottom five record and then have the potential to get a... LaMelo uh, Ball, baby! LaMelo, baby! And then, you know... We got to start studying up NBADraft.net, baby. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Uh, you made the joke, but we, we got to change this podcast from uh, Warrior Wang Bang Wednesdays to what, uh, Tuesday Talent Draft Nights or something? Yeah. <laughs> NBA Draft yeah. Tuesdays. Yeah. Very, very different tone of this podcast in case uh, the listeners couldn't tell. Gone from uh, an expected NBA championship season to a what are we going to talk about for the last 73 games of this season? But going back to the Steph's injury, one thing I really do, well, I don't want to say I like it, but I think it it kind of puts a nail in the coffin about the discussion of whether or not Steph's legacy is going to be hurt by this one year where he didn't have a KD and he didn't have his running mate Clay. Uh, I, I think the, I personally don't think Steph needs to defend his legacy to anybody. Yeah, no, I agree. And same thing. It's like, you know, we don't... Why is there a need to justify what Steph has done or justify his greatness or whatever it may be? There's why... I don't know why we're also just having that discussion because it's just like... I mean, I guess it's because he's out or something. I was just like, I mean, there's... What he's done, it doesn't take away from anything that he's done in the last, you know, seven, eight years. You know, so... There's really nothing to question there. It's just like, yeah, Steph's going to be, you know, I guess the the question really was about, like, you know, losing a year in your prime. Like, how does that affect you, you know, in the lifetime, like, you know, rankings, right? So it's like, you know, you're you're basically not able to have as much, like, counting stats and a lot of all these different things that, you know, a lot of people look at when they're trying to grade you in like a historical, overall historical context. So I guess that's the one thing that kind of sucks is that you do miss out on one. Cause I mean, Steph really only has maybe two years left of really good basketball, you know, before he starts declining smaller guards like him. I mean, you know, when you hit 33, 34, it's like, you know, he's going to start seeing decline. So, I mean, really losing this one year kind of sucks in that sense. Well, that's the thing, though. I've, for basketball players, I've always wondered: is it is it age or is it mileage? Right? I, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that Grant Hill was able to play into his you know early forties, uh, play effectively into his early forties, and credit to him, you know, not having knees for three or four years until finally finding the, you know, the the right trainer to, or right training staff to get him back to full health. Steph missed a lot of games early in his youth, and you know. A, a three, four month vacation this year. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, father time or mother time. It's father time, right? Oh, it's father time. Father time. <laughs> mother nature and father time. Got to gotta yes. get my uh, pronouns correct. Um, yeah. Or, or maybe they're just gender neutral from now on. Who knows? I mean, you would think that for him to miss, you know, three or four months this year and basically I'm sure he's going to be told just to mail, like just to mail in the rest of the year. Like, it's it's very possible that we'll see an extra year of Steph's prime because he didn't have to go as hard. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's, there, there's a chance potentially of that. But I do think the mileage will help maybe, um, 
you know, the lack of mileage, I should say. But, you know, the other thing to remember is we also have played in five straight finals and he's played basically an extra season. You know, somebody else, if they didn't make the playoffs, would not play. And those are high-intensity, high-pressure games. And you can be mileage-wise, all this stuff, very good and very low uh, mileage and stuff. But when you get to a certain age, your athleticism decreases, you know, and even just losing half a step. And, you know, is that enough where Steph can continue to get separation on isolation? Is that still going to be enough for him to get free around screens? You know, it's like all that stuff matters. And it's just like, it, even if you're fresh, I still think if if you're just losing any sort of athletic ability as you get older, it's just like, how is that going to affect him, you know, going forward? I think that's really a, a tough question. And I think, you know, there's no like, oh, obviously there's no easy answer to say like, oh, it's, you know, it's this and this or that or whatever. It's like, you know, there's a lot of different factors and all things that you pointed out absolutely could be true. You know, it could be lead to a renaissance for Steph if he, you know, but, you know, it's just really hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so far, uh, I don't want to compare him to LeBron because LeBron's a, a, a maniac, but LeBron's looking pretty, pretty good and fresh so far this season. So, you know, I, I think missing the playoffs one year probably did some wonders for him. And we'll see how how far into the playoffs that that carries LeBron if, if LeBron's able to actually play at this high level throughout the regular season, because we know in the yeah. past couple of years he, he hasn't been doing that. That going back to Steph and you know the the whole discussion about that first dribble creating separation. I mean that's one of the things that I really liked about getting D'Lo uh, before the season started was that you finally have this other guy who can create um, so that Steph doesn't have to do that as much. I mean obviously Katie was was more than capable of doing that and Draymond you know off the break was also a very very competent person. But to have somebody in the half court. Uh, be able to create that offense, um, you know, set it up at, off of a offensive rebound with 14 seconds on the shot clock, not have to rely on Steph to to make that first uh, move with the ball to to you know get things going. Um, so, it I think having D'Lo was was part of the plan of in a sense load managing Steph Curry, but judging by how terribly Delo's played, and we can touch on that for a little bit. But judging by how terribly Delo's been for us, we're not going to see the two of them playing together for any meaningful minutes. Yeah, and uh, I I don't think they're in any rush to bring Delo back right now, anyways. So, yeah. well, good news for you. I saw an article saying that he would be coming back. Uh, this he likely would be playing this Friday uh, in Minneapolis. So May. hey, so. Your uh, your tickets to go into the Target Center won't be a complete lost cause. And and remember, Minnesota is one of the target targeted teams that Delo wanted to go to. So I think we want him playing in front of that crowd and uh, in front of that organization, right? <laughs> Just hey, remember this guy that you guys wanted to sign? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take Maybe him again. Yeah, take him and give us cat. Take him and his uh, 19 points per game, shooting 38%. Um, All right, Eric Haskell for cat. We'll go back on your trade offer. <laughs> yeah. We'll get in that later. We'll get in that later. But um, before we move on to what this team is now, any final thoughts on uh, 
any of our guys who've gone down with injury. Uh, Steph and Dre going to be out long term. Kevon Looney has some nerve issue. There was some update today uh, from Loon or about Loon, I think. So um, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks. He has some sort of like game. We have some sort of game plan uh, for him. So based on Warriors PR, we're hopeful and encouraged a treatment plan prescribed for him will allow Kevon to return to action in the near future. So they will provide an update on his status in two weeks. Basically, just wait until we're guaranteed to be one of the bottom five teams in the league, and then, and then maybe let him come back and just get some reps with I mean, uh, with the new guys that matter. Like, yeah, Loon also is like he's not going to be you know without a lot of those guys playing the guys that he normally plays with. It's like he wouldn't have been a huge difference maker just by himself, you know. Yeah. I, I just think it's like yes in the team environment and the guys that he's used to playing with, then absolutely he would be a huge benefit. But if it's just him and like the guys, the rookies, it's not going to be a huge difference. <laughs> like, who knows? Hey man, you, you, you saw him stroke that corner three, one for one in the hey, season, bro. So might have a, a, shooting a new Troy 100%. Murphy in, in the books. <laughs> Why would you, first of all, that's not a valid comparison because he's not white. So <laughs> right away, and you can only compare white players to white players and black players to black players. Can't compare. Can't go across the races like that, man. So I can't. I can't be the uh, compared to Jamal Crawford. No. Oh, all right. Well, then who can I be compared to? Uh, nobody. Oh. Utah, whatever that Japanese dude is. Hashimura. Watabe or whatever. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, I forgot his name. Yuta Taboos, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yuta Taboose or whatever. Yeah, you can be compared to him. All right. All right. Well, there you go. What the fuck else are you going to be? Maintain but here? Like, you're not fucking seven foot tall. Why the hell would you be? You're not Mongolian. Like, what the fuck? Have a Sean Chen. Sean Chen, hey. Hey, Sean Chen. Hella good. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, about Vontigo Cummings? Hey, Von Cummings. My Shout out player. to Mike Leal's favorite basketball player. <laughs> I swear the guy, my brother's like blood pressure rises when you talk about Fontico Cummings. Oh, it's like talking about like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, dude. It's like, God damn. <laughs> Watching him play so many years, it's like, no, he was only like three years, maybe. Yeah, years. yeah. He was garbage. Uh, let's talk. Speaking of garbage, let's talk about the the remaining scraps uh, that we've had to watch play basketball for the past three games. And I'll be very, very entertaining three games against the Hornets, the Blazers, and um, the Rockets tonight. Totally. Yeah. To- incredibly fun to watch. Big picture wise, guys are playing hard. Guys are getting back on defense. Guys are moving the ball, man. Almost to uh, too much. Well, almost to a point where it's just way too unselfish that you wish dudes would just go up with it at the rim. But everyone's making that extra pass. Everyone's really good about cutting. I I mean, I can't say this enough. This has been the most entertaining Warriors basketball has been since maybe that first championship run. A, yeah. a very, very small sample size. You know, three-game sample size, of course. But still, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's definitely been fun. Um, just... Being able to not have any expectations and just watching young guys develop, like that's that in itself is already making the season really, really interesting. So, yeah, yeah. the the question of what what will we be next year, right? What will we be when 
uh, A, we trade, you know, or first of all, get everyone back healthy, but B, trade D-Lo. Who, who can we get for D-Lo? Who can we get for that $17 million trade exception? But most importantly, how does Eric Pascal fit into this roster? First of all, Pascal. you got to correct that. Pascal's uh, rascals. Pascal's rascals. Yeah, there you go. Another terrible, one of the many terrible things you'll be saying. Yeah, I mean, even the, before he had the, the, the game where he blew up against the, uh, um, the Blazers, we were already talking about just watching him even with Steph around and stuff. It was just like, dude, this guy can play basketball. Like, I was already telling you, you know, just I was very impressed with Pascal even in summer league and stuff like that. Like, he was just playing well. Like, he's just uh, just an overall very solid player. But, I mean, 22, 23 years old, that's kind of um, – that's – good because that's what you expect from somebody who's that age coming out of college and he was brought in with the expectation that he would instantly be a rotation player right? exactly. he, he wasn't yeah. some kind of project like you know the way jordan Poole was touted to be eric pastel came in kind of slotted in as that backup three four player now granted that was partly out of necessity due to the hard cap but he has the nba body we saw during preseason that he, he could actually hold his own on defense he wasn't absolutely torched by lebron the same way all the other players were yeah um i mean but it's still crazy how much he was overlooked like a dude with all-around game very good handles great balance um like it just all of his finishes at the rim are like you you can tell that he's like he's not just flinging it up there right the way that some other dudes go up like sometimes when like looney you know like when Looney was younger, he'd go up and you're like, oh my god. Like, Or Zaza, when Zaza Pachulia would well, Zaza, catch the yeah, ball. He's clumsy as fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, man, Pascal, he, you know, faces up, doesn't move, you know, stutter step, whatever. Uh, he'll take a baseline, get in, get bodied up, and finish smoothly. I mean, man, you, I, I can't believe that a guy like that was overlooked. And, you know, maybe part of it is teams just aren't taking the Warriors too seriously, and teams are kind of internally load managing themselves even during the games where they're like, "Yeah, we should probably stay away from physical contact to to avoid you know risk of injury against the fucking Warriors." But um, I, I mean, man, he's good. You know, thirty six points against the Blazers the other night, twenty four against Charlotte. Uh, the night before the game before, and I think he had like a twenty point game. Um, Maybe maybe even against that Clippers that first night where we were blown out. I think he the other thing he can work on is like rebounding and stuff. I think that has been. I would like to see a little bit more from him in that regard. Well, he had like thirteen the other night. Yeah, so. yeah, but I'm saying in general, like yeah, he's not he has not been a productive rebounder. He had thirteen that day, but yeah, I think uh, he was one of the the culprits in the uh, final second free throw bonanza uh against the charlotte um against the charlotte hornets you're right i mean he, he needs to he i mean you know he's gonna get that that's what the rest of the season's for right he's gonna yeah. get his reps so any, any last thoughts on pascal did you did you already put in your order for his jersey or or are you spending yeah, money I need on to get, the, I need to put the order in or, or are you getting put the kai the bowman in. jersey instead because i want to talk about kai that kai bowman kai that's his name. He's good. Yeah, it's Kyron or whatever. Yeah, I like him too. I actually was surprised that he was also passed up as a late round 
uh, draft pick, even at like, you know, the bottom second round, like 50 to 60, like I'm surprised nobody picked him. I mean, he is another four year uh, college player who can come in and, and, you know, he's not going to try to like do too much. He's just going to do what's given to him and he can make, he can make threes. He can kind of run the offense. Like, I don't know. There's a lot to like, like I'm surprised people passed. Him. Yeah. He's a, he's a pesky defender. He's quick. His handles are sick. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Rafer Alston a little bit. Um, oh, skip my loop. Yeah, like the kind of guy that you want as, like, I don't even want to say as a backup point guard, like almost as your third string point guard that, that you guarantee minutes every game, right? Like a, a third string point guard type that gets, you know, the, the five minutes um, at the end of the first quarter when, you know, the, the starting, the, the, the opposing team starting point guard is a little tired and you just make him full court press and get under the guy's skin. I mean, there were some comp- uh, comparisons to Pat Beverly, which is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, so stupid. It's just like, oh, a guy that picks up full court who's six foot one. Oh, Patrick Beverly, and it's just like, that's the laziest fucking comparison ever. Like, you're talking about all NBA defender, and then some some dude who just decides he wanted to play full court. Like, <laughs> come on, dude, laziest fucking comparison. Yeah, but he is great, and you know he. Like you can just tell in these games when when Kerr yanks him and the the offense has to go through Damian Lee and Jordan Poole, um, like you just kind of hold your breath a little bit more, right? And that's when other teams have actually pressed us uh, when we didn't have Kai Bowman. So, uh, fucking diamond in the rough, two way guy. Uh, apparently, we've uh, we we've avoided holding practices because we didn't want to. Uh, uh, maximize that 45-day G League crossover uh, 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 like day cap or whatever it is. Um, so that just yeah, shows it's you. 40, yeah, it's, four, it's like 40 or 45 days maximum. Yeah, of, of games and practice. Yeah, games and practice where Kai could be part of the team. But, you know, you can easily send him back down to Santa Cruz for a practice if you need to. So it's... Yeah, but a little harder to do that when they're on the road, which is what yeah, they yeah, were yeah. saying that... Um, you know, they uh, before tonight's game against the Rockets, uh, they didn't have a chance to practice, or they did have a chance to practice. They just elected not to because they didn't want to use right. that extra day um, where you know Damian Lee and uh, Kai Bowman would. You know, it's a, it's almost like they're Cinderella is about to, you know, with the, their game's going to turn into pumpkins or something, and they'll, they'll have to go back to the G League. Any other players that you want to talk about? I know you wanted to keep this uh, episode a little bit shorter just because you're you're running on um, central time. Well, does, I mean, is there anybody else that really kind of stands out? Jordan Poole, real quick, if you want to talk about him. Yeah. Um, ter- what your thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I, like, I like his passing. I like what he does off the ball. His shooting has been great, but hopefully when he plays around competent players, uh, things will open up a little bit more for him. Every time he shoots it, you're like, okay, that is a good shot of going in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no, I know. It, it, there's something about his form, his balance. It, it it doesn't look as shaky as like when you like, you know, but like again, I hate to go back to Alfonso Kinney, but anytime he shot, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you're like sweating balls basically. You're just yeah. Like, oh, shit. yeah. 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 So I, I think he he'll he's a good piece right now. We'll hold on to him. Um, his passing is, is good. I, I think his passing is actually very, very good and his handles aren't bad. So jury's out on him. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I liked Paul also. And I think he will only get better from like, uh, 
uh, a shooting perspective because like you said um there's nothing like inherently wrong with like his shots and stuff like the way he shoots and stuff like that and i like that he can get open pretty easily around screens and stuff so that's gonna free him up as long as he can just get better at the catch and shoot stuff like just get up you know in a couple of years if you can get up into the mid to high 30s consistently uh you know somebody in the 38 percent range you know i'm not even saying 40 because that would be you know a, a good shooter i'm just saying hey look a guy who you could actually play some backup minutes uh and then come in and you know get you a couple of threes get you a couple of buckets and you could run a couple of plays where you know get the guy open for a free look and then knock it down so it's like i think he has um you know solid potential there and then also defensively i like his effort um and like you said playmaking wise he's um he's a little bit better than i expected yeah i mean it's still going to be a huge work of progress but we knew that with pool like coming in and hey you know with clay out for probably the whole year this is a perfect year for for jordan yeah. Poole to get that experience so exactly let, let's wrap this up with kind of the three i don't want to call them vets but older older players uh glenn robinson alec burks uh and uh omari spellman um because the, the, these are three guys that you know omari spellman were we signed on for another year and i i think he's actually looked pretty good yeah um, i'm surprised yeah. yeah he's 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 dropped that weight he's he's active he's versatile and he he's great for 15 minutes a game i think he he hustles hard he's he's got that range you know he saw him, tonight he actually stroked some jumpers and he looked really good yeah he was six for six tonight 13 points yeah, yeah. Um, Burks, I'm I'm liking. I liked what he what we saw tonight in Houston. I think he had like 28 points or something. He's a, you know he's all out offense, but a very very um, tame like you know he, he's not your heat check kind of guy. He's a versatile you know take it to the hole. Get, yeah, you know. I like his attacking like the rim mentality. Yeah. It's yeah. really it's really good. Like and he's decent at drawing fouls too if you strictly just watched him on offense you would think that he was like games kind of like paul george on offense like a guy who's you know methodical you know creates creates space for the jumper or pulls up when he has the space or takes it to the rim i mean he just kind of you know that he has that versatility uh, and he's playing to those strengths. Whereas, you know, there's some other guys that sometimes, you know, you, you see Steph get the ball and you're like, okay, he, he's going to jack at three. It's just a matter of how he's creating that space, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like Alec, Alec Burke's, you know, old school uh, mentality of kind of kind of feeling out the defender and seeing what you get. And yeah, probing and stuff like that. Yeah, just mm -hmm. to see, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's... He's been solid. Like he's been a little better than I thought. Just, just I think from an entertainment perspective, because you're just like, yeah, this guy can come here and just make some baskets. Like that just keeps the game fun and interesting, you know. And then we need freaking need that, given the, you know, how much freaking alcohol I've had to drink to overcome this. <laughs> well, back on the wagon I am. So yeah, well you're gonna have to go to Costco to get a get a yeah. lot more of that alcohol to survive this year. Um, James, this has been fun. Thanks for taking the time out, and uh, yeah, have fun in Minneapolis, man. I hope the Target Center is a good time, and hope uh, hope we get, we get the the win on the road, and Pascal can talk some shit to Carl uh, Anthony Towns. And I'm the real piece here.
And the real piece of this for, for the listeners, I was texting with James. I was like, D'Lo and Pascal for cat. Straight up. <laughs> Minnie's, Minnie's going to eat that shit up. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing, dude. It's a great time to have a ball.